Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast. This week, we have my friend, Dr. Michelle Mazur, who's founder of the Communication Rebel, joining us. She believes that communication changes the world. So that's what she helps business owners, entrepreneurs, and speakers like you and me do. Rebel against the status quo to make a difference, one compelling message at a time. She is the creator of the three-word rebellion for creating a message that matters to your audience so that you can build your business and your movement. She's also the host of the podcast, Rebel Rising, a podcast for the next generation of leaders who want to shake up the status quo and reach more people with their message. Dr. Michelle is the author of Speak Up for Your Business and best-selling Speak for Impact. Guys, I know that you're going to love her take on speaking and defining your message, and I can't wait for you guys to get to know her and to hear this conversation. Again, this was one of those conversations that felt like a divine appointment. It came across my path at just the right time, and I had so many personal questions for Michelle, so you'll hear that in our episode. As always, if you love what we have to say, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram stories. Post a photo of where you're at in the episode tell us what you're loving about our conversation and tag Michelle and I. We want to hear from you. We want to know who's listening and we want to connect with you. It also helps us get the word out about the Radiant Podcast. Guys, while you're at it and before we dive in, I want to tell you about shopradiant.co. That's my new shop where you can snag all kinds of Radiant apparel. So if you love the Radiant Podcast and you want to sport a hat or a sweatshirt, a journal, a pop socket, anything with the words Radiant or Everbold, Everbright on it, you can grab that at shopradiant.co. I have so many fun things for you. I work with designers to design the perfect product that you'll actually want to wear. These are sweatshirts that I live in and get compliments on all the time. And so I know you're going to love it. So head on over to shopradiant.co. But in the meantime, let's dive into this conversation. I know you're going to love it. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Kelsey. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you so much for joining me. I would love for you to start by sharing your story, who you are, what you do. I know that I am just excited to hear the full gamut because I love what you do. Oh, thank you. So my story is I currently own a company called Communication Rebel, and I am the creator of the three-word rebellion messaging framework. So basically what that framework does, it helps you craft a one-of-a-kind message that encapsulates the change that you want to create for your audience. It helps call in your right people, and it takes them on a journey to saying yes to working with you. So uh, that is what I'm currently doing, but it hasn't always been, I haven't always been in business for myself, but I have always loved communication and words and messaging. And for me, that really started back in high school when I was forced to take my first public speaking class. And I was one of those students who was in incredibly bright, yet very unchallenged in school. 
and terribly, terribly shy. And this public speaking class was required. And the boy that I liked was in the classroom and he sat in the front row. And the first time I ever gave a speech, my knees were literally knocking together as I stood at the podium. Like I could just feel it. And I think I was, I was, I spit on the boy I liked by accident. Sorry. And it was this terrible experience, yet in my head, there was something that said to me, this is an important skill and you need to master it. And even though I got like the gentleman's C in that first class, what ended up happening was I decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to listen to this voice. And so I did what people do to get better at things. I decided I was going to do it competitively. So I joined the speech and debate team, <laughs> which meant I got up at like 5 a.m. every Saturday throughout the course of a year and got my butt kicked by people people who were far better at speaking than I was. But I learned so much during that time about speaking and how to connect and how to craft a speech and, and really how to show up and deliver that by the end of the school year, I actually got like an honorable mention ribbon. And that just like made my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was like, Oh my gosh, look at this. I'm actually improving. But that's really where my own love affair of communication began. And I have this core belief that communication changes the world. And the better that we're able to communicate our message and the value that we offer, the more impact that we as a a human being are able to make. So that love of communication led me all the way to a PhD in communication. And I was a professor for about five years at the University of Hawaii. And I have to say, I did not love being a professor. I also did not love being a single woman in Hawaii because I'm a Polish girl from New York and the kind of exotic men look for there was not that (laughs) me. So I ended up moving to Seattle and which is where I'm currently live. And I decided there's part of me is like, oh, you should start a business, like do something with speaking. And I was like, oh, I just, back then we didn't have the resources that we have now to like start businesses. Like the internet was still kind of in that nascent stage. It was just developing. So I decided to use my research skills and I went into market research and did lots of projects for like big Fortune 500 companies, which was fun, but also not what I wanted to be doing. So eventually one of my friends said to me, Michelle, like, you're so talented with communication, like start a blog, start something so people can access what you know, because it's valuable, it's useful. And so I did. And my blog was terrible at first because I'm an academic and we make people go to sleep when we write because of, you know, we're taught to write like scientists. And so that's kind of how I approached blogging at first. And then finally I went to an event and there was a speaker there that was, oh my gosh, Kelsey, it was just, it was so manipulative. Like she got up in front of the room and she asked all of us to stand. And so we did. And then she asked us to clap. And so we did. And then she said, you have given me a standing ovation. Now I must earn it. And I'm like, Ugh. and I, 
it ended up, I sat in that room and I wrote out a blog post long form, like with like in handwriting about um, how not to be a motivational speaker. And it was the type of post that scared me, but then it got me my very first client. And it was like a big client who was speaking at Barbara Bush's Points of Light Foundation. So it was just like this huge nod of like, yes, you're going the right direction. So eventually I went full time and I love working with speakers. I probably will always work with speakers in some capacity. But at the end of 2017, I reached a point with my own podcast where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't talk about how to get a speaking gig, how to get paid, um, how to market yourself, speakers reels, like all of that jazz, because it was so soulless. And it felt like I could be replaced by Google. Like I was one Google search away from being replaced. And it also felt like I had left that why of communication changes the world, like somewhere in rural Missouri stranded on the side of the road. Like I wasn't connecting with that. And over that Christmas break, I just took some time and I'm like, what do I really want to be doing? And what was remarkable and so amazing was at that time there, you know, like in the United States, we have a lot of political upheaval going on. And I was noticing all of the the rise of these social movements, whether it's Black Lives Matter, Me Too, Make America Great Again. And what they do with their messaging is they it's they do such an amazing job of summarizing what they're about in just a couple of words and then i realized that the entrepreneurs that i loved and admired and who are my role models of possibility people like mel robbins with her 5 second rule simon sinek with start with why they were doing the same thing and i'm like that's that's a curious pattern i wonder if i could use questions from social movement theory about what are you rebelling against and what change do you want to create and what kind of worlds do you want to live in to help people, to help business owners like find their message? And the answer was yes, it worked really well. And I told a friend of mine who's a book coach about it and she's like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. You should write a book about it called The Three Word Speech. And I was like, hmm close, but not right. And then I'm like, oh, well, my brand's all about rebellion. What if it's the three word rebellion? And that's how my, my business basically pivoted. So now I work more with like brand messaging and really helping people who do have these change making businesses who have a big vision for themselves and want to make an impact, create that message that helps them make that impact. So that is now what I'm focused on. I also use the process to help people write keynote speeches still because it works, flows well into it. But for me, it's really about creating that one of a kind message that can change people. 
I love that and just have so many questions. One of them being, so, you know, it sounds like you started out teaching, took some time off, and then went went back to just another form of teaching. And I often find that when we kind of end up in what we feel like we were made to do, we're able to look back and see how, you know, it's just kind of a refined version of what we started with, you know, yeah. and we take step by step and it, it kind of tweaks and refines into just the right iteration of what you were made to do. So I I think for our listeners, I I think that can be an encouraging uh, process because, you know, sometimes we we start out in an area and wonder, was that, you know, you went and got a PhD, (laughs) you know, you spent a lot of years of your life working on that. And I'm sure, you know, when you decided to move to Seattle, did you kind of feel like, oh, did I waste my time? Um, Now you can say, obviously not. But did you go through a season of that? It was interesting. Well, because at that point in time in my life, I mean, like the job, like my mom had passed away. I had broken up with my fiance and I was in Hawaii (laughs) and I didn't want to be doing what I was doing. So I was really in this, this time of like, let's burn it all down. And I always knew that the PhD could transfer into something else. It was dependent on me to figure out how to transfer that skill because there are a lot of skills beyond academia that that I had. And I was like, okay, let's be systematic. Like what have we learned? What can you use that would take you at, take you to get a job, like a job job (laughs) versus, you know, staying in academia. So I'd never felt like it was a waste. And there was part of me that was a little bit sad that I was leaving like the teaching behind and even some of the research behind because it was so fulfilling. But there were so many other things that were, were not. So it was the right decision, but I never felt like I wasted my time like spending all that time in academia. Yeah. So how did you feel during that pivot? Because again, I know sometimes, and and now even looking back at old jobs in in my journey, it's like, oh, none of it was a waste. Um, It's Mm -hmm. all, it's all an element that contributes to the fullest expression of what you'll be doing. And so how during that pivot and that transition, did you navigate kind of all the feelings that arise, even if you didn't feel like it was a waste? You know, how does one, how would a listener think through, how can I use this for what's next? Yeah. I mean, and I, like for me, it's like looking back, it's like, oh, so many rose colored glasses that I have right now. And it was so great. But I remember the first thing was struggling and feeling uncertain about, will anyone hire me? Because you, I was reading all these articles that if you have a PhD, that practically makes you unhirable in the marketplace. And so that was very uncertainty producing. But at the same time, I was lucky because in academia, I actually gave them a year's notice. So I had a whole entire year to figure out this transition, which is a luxury that so many other people don't have. So I was able to like feel that, oh my God, nobody's going to ever hire me again because I'm way too educated and no one will want me. And then then getting more intentional of like, okay, no, that's not true. You are smart. You are capable. You are strategic. (laughs) Like what are the skills that you have? And, you know, taking it down piece by piece and breaking down like what I did on a day-to-day basis. Like what does it take to teach a class? 
Like, what are the organization skills? What are the facilitation skills that I needed to teach a class? What does it take to create a research project? Well, I'm able to ask really good questions and get curious about what other research has been done. And I'm able to like recruit people into the cause of figuring out these research problems. And I like new statistics. And I was like, okay, well, that's, (laughs) these are all good strengths. So, and then, you know, for me, some of it was freeing too, because it was the first time in my life where I actually got to choose where I was going to live. Because before that, it was like my parents told me where I was going to live or the school that I got into to get the master's or the PhD dictated or where the job was. You just went. And so it was like, oh my gosh, just the first time in my life, I actually get to choose where I want to go in the world instead of just being sent somewhere. So there was a lot of freedom in that, but also a ton of uncertainty and just doubting my skills and, but then forcing myself to get clear on what I was good at. Yeah. So you kind of moved to Seattle. You're at this conference. You write this blog. I often, I, from my own experience, I often see that the very thing that kind of angers us about our industry is something that we can provide a solution for. And that, mm-hmm. that seems to be the case in, in your situation as well. How did you kind of decide? I mean, I know you got a client from that blog post, but it also required some bravery to say, yeah. okay, like this person is obviously getting keynotes for delivering a kind of message that I totally disagree with. So there's a way that's working that I totally don't buy into. Um, So Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to teach a different way of being, even though it's against the grain of what's proven to work. Yes. How did you navigate kind of those feelings? Because it's taken me a lot of courage when I've decided to go the road less traveled per se. Yeah. And that was honestly, that was the scariest part because this was the first time I was actually just writing to like get something out and to say, hey, that's wrong. That's manipulative. Don't do it like that. Like try something different. Hey, try like building goodwill to your audience. Hey, that's novel. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, I remember like I was terrified to push publish on that post. Like it was just like, oh, I'm going to get hate mail from this. Like people are going to be like, what are you, like, what are you saying? And I I was just like, no, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm like, I was still working full time. I'm like, what's the worst thing that could actually happen here, (laughs) right? Like somebody gives you hate mail, whatever. So I just pushed publish on it. And immediately I started getting some really supportive comments from people who were at the same conference and they saw and they knew exactly what I was talking about. But then they were sharing it on their networks because they're like, oh, well, these, this is like good ideas and like how speaking should be. Um, And, you know, it just started to pick up steam and I was getting like, I didn't, I didn't get one single hater from that. Wow. (laughs) Nobody like, I mean, and most of the time, like people who disagree with you, they tend to walk away, right? They're just like, oh, this person isn't for me. They don't tend to like rip you to shreds. Now, every once in a while, there will be somebody who rips you to shreds, but I always feel like, well, that's a huge waste of their time. I don't know why they're doing (laughs) (laughs) But it was just realizing that this was important to me and that I 
had an inkling that some other, well, I had an inkling because other people at the conference were like, what the heck was that <laughs> afterwards? But it was just something that needed to be said. And whenever there's something that needs to be said in your industry, then you should say it. Yeah, I actually have been kind of walking through that lately. And some of those messages that you develop that you think that you're the most scared to the to release into the world actually have the greatest impact. Do you find that with your um, with your clients? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the first activity they do with me is go in that three word rebellion process is saying like, what are you rebelling against? What are, what really ticks you off? And I want them to write from a very uncensored place where they're not worried about spelling or grammar, or if they swear or not, or any of it. Like I just want that raw, unfiltered opinions because because that is where your message comes from. That is where the magic is. And yet people are so afraid of saying, you know, saying what they believe because they might alienate this someone, this mythical someone out there. And I'm like, no, you want to alienate people. Like, like because not everyone is for you and you want your people to be all in on what you're doing. So for me, that's, that is like the key ingredient to figuring out like what your message is and how you're positioned in the market and what makes you different from everyone else who does what you do. Yeah, because honestly, it's the concept of attracting and repelling, which we're very comfortable with in business and marketing, but not always with our messages. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, everything you're saying is totally resonating with me because I found that as I've stepped up and, you know, gotten brave enough to say something, those are the days I get the biggest responses because some people are usually like, oh, finally, someone said it in our industry, you know? And yes. so I love everything you're saying here. So what do you typically walk through a client with as they're establishing their three-word rebellion? You know, I talked, I saw where you, you know, really honed in on Simon Sinek and um, Elizabeth Gilbert and how they have these very clear three words that define mm -hmm. their message. And I'm like, wow, now that you point that out, yeah, that's super true. So I would love for you to kind of expand on that. Yeah. So how I do this with clients is we also do like a bit of an audience deep dive because we are creating this message for other people. And in some ways, I feel like your three word rebellion, it's of you, but it's also of the world. It's meant to be consumed and loved and talked about by other people. But what I do in this process is, you know, I ask you all of these questions, these right writing prompts and you do a lot of free writing, or if you're an extrovert, I encourage you to just like talk it out into a recorder and then get it transcribed. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Either way works. And then when I get that writing for me, I treat it as this, as data, like going back full circle. Like to me, this is very much bringing my research um, acumen into this where it's like, okay, this is the raw data I get. So then I get to analyze that data. I get to see where there are, you know, like what are the patterns? What are the words that you're using again and again and again? What turns of phrase really stand out? What are the themes 
that 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 go across all of this writing. And so then when I come to a session with a client to specifically work on the three word rebellion, I already know like what the overarching themes are for their message. I I know what words are important to them, what words they use a lot. I've saw, you know, I've been seeking out those patterns. And sometimes I actually know what the three word rebellion is because in about 20% of cases, it's like a neon sign that's blinking to me as I'm reading through it. It's like, oh, you've said the same thing 10 times. Maybe this is important to you. Um, And so when we get on the phone, you know, I come with all of that and then we make a decision of like, what kind of three word rebellion do you want? And I've identified that there are like two types of three word rebellions. There's the type that is the rallying cry, which is an action oriented three word rebellion. So it starts with a verb. So start with why, right? It's verb, you know, exactly what to do next. And it's still making you a little bit curious. And then there's the, uh, the second type is more of a natural ish and it's about naming the agent of change. So something like the five second rule. You have no idea. Well, at least I didn't. When I first heard Mel Robbins say five second rule, I was like, what is that rule? Like, am I following it? Do I need to know about it? Like I immediately Googled it. I was like, oh, she's telling people to count backwards from five and then take an action. And so really that's the change agent. She's giving people to get into action to achieve their goals. And I'm like, that's brilliant. Yeah. So with clients, we decide like what flavor of three word rebellion do you want? And then we just start playing with the words and either something emerges by the end of the session or we just kind of go back and forth and basically jam on it until the three word rebellion reveals itself to us because I do believe that that message already exists. And then from there, we can start working on what is your customer journey around this three-word rebellion? What stories do you need to support it? What research do you need to support it so that you can be consistent in getting it out there over time? I love that. What do you find to be a, well, I don't know if you'll even be able to say this or clarify why they're both great. What do you find to be better? You know, the action-oriented one or the one that's maybe not as clear up front because, you know, the action-oriented, I'm like, oh, as a consumer, that makes sense quickly. But Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's just as much uh, data behind the other version that makes it just as valuable. Yeah, I really think it depends on the person, right? Like what our unique skills are that we're bringing to the table. Um, Because I don't know if you're familiar with um, Sally Hogshead and her How to Fascinate system. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like some people who have, let's say, mystique, which is the language of listening, they do much better when it's more curiosity provoking, right? When they're trying to like make people curious, make people like want to Google it, want to know more because that like curiosity is still an action, right? Like we're still getting an action. I'm still taking the next step. So for people who really are like very mystique um, oriented and even some of the power people who want you to do things like that can work really, really well for. But for other people who are more direct, something more directive like start with why is more compelling for them. So it really depends on the personality of the person. 
I totally get that. And that makes so much sense. And I actually love the how to fascinate test. Is Rebel one of yours? Yes. So mine, I'm, I'm the maverick leader. So I'm innovation and power. Oh, I'm going to find mine. I'll, I'll wait a second. But do you, do you walk through that with your clients as well? Yes, I'm adding that back in. So I'm certified in how to fascinate. Um, I was, yes. Yeah. I got that three or four years ago now, but it's always helpful for me to know, like, I love to know, like, yeah, what is your fascinate assessment say, you know, what's your Myers-Briggs, any of that, you know, helps me figure out how to bring more of you into the process, because that's one of the things I'm trying to get people to do is not to make this process of messaging a performance. Like I can always tell when my clients are trying to perform for me and give me like good stuff to work with where I'm just like, no, I just really want to know what you actually think. I don't care what anyone else thinks. I want to know what you think. (laughs) Um, So it's, so anything that I can do to kind of clear that performance out so that I can get to really the true, their true self and bring that into the messaging process. Okay. So I just realized I'm the prestige. What is that? Oh, prestige means you have super high standards and you're very results oriented. Oh, okay. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. So prestige, you can be more direct. Well, prestige is like what, what works best for me? Like what is going to get me the best results here? (laughs) So for you, it might not be like one or the other. It's just like the one that, that is going to get you the best results and get you recognized for your message. Oh, that's it. Makes total sense. How fascinating. I love that. So what would be your tips for someone just getting started on developing their message? Because I know it can feel like, you know, a mountain in front of you. (laughs) Yeah. And I always say like messaging is like, it's one of the hardest things you'll ever conquer in your business. And it's one of the most necessary. I also think it's the one we always skip. Like people are like, I'm going to do a Facebook ads course or how to pitch the media because that sounds more fun than coming up with my messages. Little do they know that they actually have to come up with their message. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the things I would recommend is don't work on this until you know you have something to sell. Like, don't work on it until you know you have product market fit, you have an offer and it sells. And then once you have that, I think the first step is like, of course, I'm going to talk about the three word rebellion is, you know, I do have that framework that you can get for free. You can just download it and start doing those exercises. And that will help you see, get your thoughts out of your head and onto paper somewhere where you can deal with them and see like, what, what is it that I believe about my industry? I love that. And I, I really, I, I really agree with you as well of not, uh, of waiting until you have something to sell to really make, make up for kind of that investment as well. Because, yeah. you know, I talk to people about this with advertising all the time where people just want to grow, but I'm like, but what are you offering to the people you're, you're reaching, whether it's you're reaching exactly. them with your message or your marketing. And so I'm 100% with you, man, Michelle, I could talk to you all day long. Tell me what are some ways to work with you for our listeners who really want to dive into developing their message um, and their three word rebe- rebellion. How could they work with you? because I I know that I signed me up. Um, I can't wait to hear more from you. I've, I've so enjoyed our conversation today. Yeah. So I work 
predominantly right now one-on-one with people in the three-word mess three-word rebellion messaging intensive and that is a two-month experience where the at the end of it the goal is to have all of the messaging that you will need for your business for at least the next two years in one document plus a bit of an action plan for how to launch it into the world so it's a super high touch super fun program where, you know, in some ways I get to kind of be like the idea therapist for your business. (laughs) And we get to have those deep conversations to really get to the core of the message. And I also, to reach more people, I also have the Three Word Rebellion book, which I'm super excited about. That is coming out on February 26th. And it takes you through the whole process. It's a very, it's going to be print only. It's a very interactive book to help you figure out what your message is, what that audience journey is, and also talk about some of the more uncomfortable things like stepping into your leadership. Because having a message like this requires you to lead your business, yourself, and your people. And so a lot of like impostery stuff can come up around that. So so what do we do about it? So those are my two big ways to work with me, the book and working with me one-on-one. Well, Michelle, I have a feeling you're going to have an influx of requests because I really have enjoyed having this conversation. I think that a lot of people in my audience truly believe, and I I believe they do as well, that they have something to say and a unique message to kind of reach the world with. And so um, I love that we have you as a resource to help develop that. And thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is a really fun conversation. I agree. Thank you so much. We'll have to have you back. Thanks so much, Michelle. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. Oh,